Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back, everybody, to The Daily Sales Show, where we bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. I'm your host, Adrian Saya, and today we are here to talk about how to write relevant sales cadences that can actually convert. We've been there. You want to reach out. We want to make sure that it'll actually resonate with the audience and prospects that you're reaching out to. Well, we're going to show you how to build out the ultimate cadence that really hits those points and gets them to reply back to you. Now, as always, I love to know where are you guys tuning in from? Drop it in the chat. Let me see it. Love to see these. And as always, make sure not to send, uh, share any links in the chat. We're just going to keep it moving. I'm already seeing tons of people here writing it in. Be sure to switch your chat to everyone. So it's these, it says host and panelists automatically. Just switch it over to everyone. It's a blue box inside of your chat. Go ahead and switch it over. So I'm already seeing a ton of people here. We got Earl from Washington State. Welcome, Earl. Love to have you here. Dylan from Tulsa. Welcome, Dylan. Thanks. Thanks for coming in. <laughs> and then lastly, we have Alexander here from Toronto. Great place. Thank you so much for tuning in. So let's get right into it. Now, today we have a wonderful speaker. We have Florin Tatula. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Now tell me, Florin, when it comes to building out a cadence, why can a customized and relevant sales cadence make all the difference in a rep's sales process? Thank you, Adrian, for having me. I'm super pumped. Happy Monday, everybody. Uh, sequences is a topic dear to, to my heart, so I'm pumped to talk about it. Uh, I think it's super important, one, because uh, I, first of all, I think storytelling is super important. And to me, a sequence is uh, telling a story over time. I think in today uh, today's day and age, there is a lot of emphasis on a single email or a call or a LinkedIn message. And we don't realize that a lot of people like don't uh, are not in that moment, like looking for something, for example. So you have to be able to spread your message across time, tell different value props to see like, what is the actual thing that somebody's going to resonate with? So it's never about one single touch point. It's about um, a, a number of them. Fantastic. Well, I'm very excited to get into that and so much more. Um, everyone, Florin is a director of sales over at Barley and he has phenomenal content in tons of things from his Substack all the way to his LinkedIn. So be sure to give him a follow and get ready because this conversation is going to be jam packed with information. This is a 30 minute show. So we're going to make it super tactical and right to the point. Now, we wouldn't be able to do this without our partners. So big shout out to Zoom Info and Outplay. Thank you so much. If you guys don't know who they are, be sure to check them out. And also, we always have a drop of the day. This one is going to be a cold outreach playbook brought to you by JB Sales and Zoom Info. I'm going to go ahead and drop the link in the chat. It's going to be the perfect playbook to show you guys how to reach out, especially when it's cold. So be sure to check it out, dropping the link right now. Now, before we begin, if you're looking to level up in 2023, we are here to help with our daily sales show and our membership with instant access to training and resources. Now, this membership is designed for individuals and full teams. So if you want to be sure to check it out, go ahead and scan the QR code that you'll see on your screen right here or check us out at sellbetter.xyz. Now, one of the things we offer is exclusive shows. One of those shows is going to be a prospecting tactics you should be using right now. It's going to be hosted by Jed Marley. He's the head of Outbound at Milkshake. You guys want to see what this is all about you got to join the membership. I'm going to go ahead and drop the link in the chat 
For those who are already in the membership, thank you so much. It's great to have you. You can actually find this, this training in your dashboard and sign up. For those who aren't, be sure to see what's up. You can join for less than a dollar a day. I'm dropping the link in the chat. Be sure to check it out. Now for our agenda today, we're going to show you all how to segment your contacts into two different groups and why it matters, the best type of messaging that'll resonate with these groups when you have already segmented them, and lastly, how to craft that messaging that is both relevant and personalized. Now, I want to know who is in the room. So I want to go ahead and launch this poll here. This matters a lot to us because it helps guide the conversation. So if there's a lot of SDRs, I'm going to ask SDR questions. There's AEs. Same thing, maybe frontline managers. I'll ask a question like, hey, how can managers help their reps set up a proper cadence? So be sure to let me know who is in the room. I'm already seeing this, this uh, question here blow up. And it looks like we do have a lot of SDRs and AEs. Florin, does this surprise you at all? No, I think that's the, the perfect audience for this. So I I'm excited to get into it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for everyone who's engaging with this question and let's keep it moving. Now, you had this amazing graphic here in the pre-call you were mentioning why it's so important to continuously reach out. Can you break this down for me more? Yeah, hundred percent. I think that it was Vince Castillo. I just wanted to call him out. He posted this graphic on, on LinkedIn and it really got me thinking. So as I said before, I think like Writing a great email, having a great call is a small piece of, of the outbound battle, uh, if you can call it that. And to me, it's like, if you really want to win on outbound, I think you need to build killer sequences, which uh, again, is telling a story uh, over time. And to me, a great sequence uh, takes into account a few things. One, that not all use cases are going to resonate with every single person or buyer, uh, regardless of how good your call or email Maybe the prospect was just busy in that moment. Uh, three, it's just simply not a priority at this moment in time. And, and four, uh, they just don't need your solution or, or already have uh, something in place, right? So I think this is like a very important reminder in a chart to realize that 90% of people fall into the, you know, that bottom part of the, the triangle or the majority of the triangle. Uh, so what does this mean? It means that you have to adjust your messaging for the buyer journey. And this is why I, this is what I think sales can learn a lot from marketing. And if you don't know what the buying journey uh, looks like, it's usually this funnel with like awareness, uh, interest, consideration, and then action. Uh, I think a lot of sequences right now are assuming that your prospect actually knows what solution uh, you are selling or even knows like what your brand is. And you know what? That might be the case if you're at Salesforce or like Zoom Info or something like that. But I think the majority of us don't work at ginormous, large uh, uh, enterprise companies where their products are very well known. So the question becomes, how do you actually build a sequence and messaging that's going to resonate with those people? And I think a lot of it has to go to not asking necessarily to book a meeting right away. Mm -hmm. If you're on a cold call, of course, you want to get that meeting booked. But other steps, LinkedIn messages, uh, emails, I think there's other call to actions. You could ask people to do like trials. You could uh, ask, you know, essentially what you're trying to do is educate your prospect on the problem and uh, your solution. I see. Now I'm seeing that there is a lot of SDRs in the room, about 42%. Now for those SDRs, I'm seeing with this graphic, only 3% are about to buy now. 
what can they do to make sure that they can reach those three percent in their cadence? You just need to make a longer cadence so that they can reach that three percent at some point. So this thing you, you can't control who's buying now or who's actually open to your idea. Like that that's the whole reason why volume is important in in outbound. Uh, sure, you can like slowly convince, educate somebody or convince them to, to buy. But the, when your sequence first starts, very few people are actually in the market for your position. And that's why like everyone talks about uh, very personalized emails that don't scale, but that's just not the reality of, of outbound. Like you need to have volume to make sure that you're reaching out to as many people as possible. And then for the people that are buying, have enough steps in your sequence so that, you know, even if your messaging is good, um, yeah, like even if your messaging is good, maybe it's not the right time for them to to buy. So, or they're like in a meeting, or they're in the airport and they're about to fly somewhere, and they're gonna forget about your message, right? Hmm. Okay, it's a very good point. Now, I want to know from our audience, how do you guys think about cadences? Do you do them based on the accounts you're reaching out to, the use case you're kind of bringing out there, or is it more geared towards the personas or products? Let us know. This is going to help guide our conversation coming up. So be sure to engage with this question for me. Now, you mentioned the messaging. It's super important. How about it when it comes to being below or above the power line? Why does it matter? Do you need to separate the two? Yeah. So I do a lot of sequence consulting and uh, a lot of people get this wrong. Most people have sequences that they don't segment it by above and below the line. What do I mean by above the low line? So the line itself is what I consider the true decision-making line. This is going to vary depending on the types of companies you're prospecting into. But generally speaking, uh, above the line personas are usually C-level executives uh, and vice presidents or department heads. People below the line probably have influence in the decision. Uh, and are usually like director and below. Again, this varies depending on the size of the company you reach out to. This is just a general rule of thumb. Now, the reason why this is important is because it should affect what your messaging looks like. People above the line care about overall business impact. As a matter of fact, it's how they get incentivized uh, with their compensation packages and salaries, right? And, and different bonuses and stock options, whatever that might be. People below the line care about their team and day-to-day -day problems. They're more in the weeds of things. So that is actually going to change uh, the messaging in your sequence and what you should be talking about. Uh, and, and I will be giving some examples as well. But Fantastic. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was going to say, like, you, you're going to give some examples. Um, I see here that director and senior manager are also in the below the power line. A lot of times in sales, you're told that, you know, reach out to the directors are usually decision makers. Do you find that they're usually in the below the power line type of segment? Yeah, I think it depends on the company size. Like there is definitely situations where like at my last company where we were under a hundred employees, I was a director and I technically owned the uh, budget of the department. Then in that case, yes, I'd be above the line. But for a large company, like let's say you're at Salesforce or you're prospecting to even a thousand person company. A director is not the budget holder. Uh, it's almost never the case. I see. No, well, keep that in mind, everyone. It's super important. And when it comes to categorizing, it becomes crucial that you know what bucket to put everyone so you know what cadence to send out. Now, 
you had a great point in our pre-call that you can actually divide this by personas and why it's so important. Now, I'm seeing here from our question that we asked that about 44% of our audience actually does think about cadences through a persona lens. And then the other one is based on use case. So can you explain to me how this graphic helps with persona building and outreach? Yeah. So at the highest level, I think accounts does make the most sense. Like I know a lot of people run ABM strategies. Uh, so I think that's important and you should segment all of your sequences for like account type. So like, let's say, uh, accounts that have similar attributes, let's maybe 500 to a thousand employees or wh whatever else, uh, you know, to be an important attribute. When you go a layer deeper though, uh, I think the simplest way to do it is based off of, uh, personas. Uh, and I know there's many different ways to do this. And I know some people have like a ton of products that they're selling, but if I was to break it down to have the easiest possible uh, framework in place, I would do it by persona. So if you could share the screen again there, that template, I'm also going to share this template with uh, everyone on the call afterwards, because it's one of the most important things that I do with uh, any company that I do consulting for or sequence consulting. We sit down and we run through, okay, what are the actual personas that we reach out to? Who is in our ideal customer profile by account and then persona? Are they above or below the line? What key metrics, what are they measured on? And how does that persona specifically get a win? So we write like bullet uh, point notes here. Use cases, what are the goals? What are the pains? Pretty standard stuff. Then we go into high level messaging for each persona, which to me is telling the story. The story is broken down into the current state and the future state. So what's wrong with the way things are being done today? What does the future look like? And then the other very important thing here uh, or above and below the line is what is the call to action? So uh, going back to that, if you don't mind. Hey, Florian, can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry about that. Seems like my uh, Wi-Fi just got a little loopy there. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for for sticking on there with me um and apologies for the interruption there so you were breaking this down and and you is anybody still there oh, i think i think he dropped but i'm good okay so i'll i'll just keep going while, while he gets back and uh there might not be a graphic there so um I think below and uh, like your CTA is going to be different. Like, let's say, for example, I'm reaching out to a C-level executive. A C-level executive is never going to be the one that's going to take an initial call. Like they're not in the weeds of the problem. So a common call to action for a C-level executive or someone above the line might be like, hey, is, and then calling out the VP by name, the right person to be reaching out to, for example, right? Uh, for someone below the line, maybe I'm trying to get more information, or maybe if I offer a free trial, I want someone that's in the weeds. Uh, let's say I'm selling to salespeople like uh, an individual contributor, like an account executive or a sales manager to get on a trial. So essentially what I'm trying to say is that whether they're above or below the line, I think that uh, changes the message. I think it changes the CTA. Um, it's not more than just that. All right. Now, when it comes to the email structure, I want to share my screen, but I feel like my Wi-Fi is going to go a little bit bonkers here. So <laughs> let's talk about that a little bit. You mentioned that you want to be able to make sure that you've got um, 
a different type of CTA. You want to include some social proof. Now I see here that sell better can actually help me out here and share screen. So if you could, that would be fantastic. Um, let me see this. So when it comes to below the power line, tell me more about this. Why is it important? And what are you trying to put in here when it comes to the context? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to give you all a bit of context. This was an email that when I worked at Lupio, we were, we were an RFP response software. So request for proposals and building like documents. One of the main personas we reached out to was the sales engineering managers, which was the case uh, here. Now, this is what I call below the line messaging, because what you're going to notice in the current and the ideal state sentences, I'm very much focusing on in the weed or what I call frontline problems. So. Uh, manually searching for answers, copy and pasting, spending hours on RFPs. That's not something that's necessarily going to resonate with a CRO, for example, but it's something that's going to resonate with someone that's actually doing the RFPs on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. So that's why the messaging needs to change. So this is what I consider below the line messaging. And then if you go to above the line messaging and, uh, so these emails are a little bit older. It's And I don't even think this email is necessarily fantastic per se. I think there's a lot of things that can be done better. This is one of our uh, SDRs, uh, Michael, from back in the day. But this was an email that went out to the CEO of a Fortune 50 company, 60,000 employees. And uh, Mike ended up getting uh, a, a meeting with the appropriate uh, person at this account. So remember, this is a big time CEO. Why did this email work? It's because Michael focused on above the line problems. What did he do? He went uh, into the earnings call transcript and one, congratulated the CEO on a big contract that they won that he called out. Two, quoted him strong sense of urgency to drive growth and then tied in that research into the context of why Lupio or an RFP response if, uh, efficiency platform was going to be uh, necessary. But if Michael went to Jeff, this huge time CEO, and talked about copy and pasting into documents, I 100% guarantee you that would not have caught the attention because it's not something that CEO cares about or ever has to deal with. It just doesn't resonate with them. So this is what I mean by uh, making sure that you have different sequences for above and below the line personas. Okay. Actually, sequencing based off of who you're reaching out to. One, if you do change it, put it two. If you guys do not change it, do a general. You've done before. It happens, you know. Let me know. Would love to see some of these. I'm already seeing ones and twos in the chat. Thank you so much for engaging with this. Love to see it. It's important because it does change the dynamic of your outreach. Now, you mentioned in above the power line, you have this relevance. How can people find relevance much better? Um, is it more of a reach that they have to do on their end? What should they do so that they can come across as relevant? Yeah, I think it's all about like understanding what are common triggers that make, uh, that resonate with your persona. I could actually, do you mind if I share my screen? Yeah, definitely. For a second, I have another slide here that I think might be helpful. Go for it. Uh, here we go. So I think I talk a lot about like triggers. Can everybody see this? We're good. Yes. I, I just brainstormed a list here, but these are common triggers where uh, my whole philosophy is forget about one-to-one -one personalization. 
Because for the most part, for most of our personas, we don't actually have great insight from their LinkedIn or uh, on the web. Sure, if you're selling to sales leaders or someone like me, you can definitely personalize because I have a ton of content on LinkedIn, but that's just not the reality for most of us. So focus on relevant problems. Here's a list of 12. Funding round, I think that's already overused. One thing I talked about earlier and what Michael, my old uh, SDR did, 10K reports, earning calls, right? So he found very relevant pieces of information and priorities that they care about. Job postings, new hires. Right now, I'm selling a compensation management software to HR leaders at Barley. What do I do? I go on Glassdoor, I look at their company, and I try to find if there's people complaining about compensation. And then I say, hey, I was on your Glassdoor profile and realized that you have you know, a number of comments around like compensation and then having a conversation around like, why is that the case, right? So these are what I call executive level insights where you are pointing out an observation that maybe someone didn't already know. Or maybe they do know, but now you're like calling it out and it's causing them to think about maybe changing that status quo. So for me, that's how you get relevant. And it all starts with finding those common triggers that are right for your business. Okay. Now those triggers, I can see everyone make sure that you could either screenshot that or just take it all down. Yeah, really quickly, because I want to make sure you guys get all of this. Screenshot this, because these are great opening sentences. When you're doing your research, look into these different segments here, because then you'll have enough to talk about and build that relevance that you can utilize at scale. Now, I see Matt here in the chat asked, how many contact activities should be contacted per day with a method like this? Obviously, it takes time. So it's a pretty good um, question, Matt. What do you think, Florin? So, sorry, was it how many people add an account or account? Um, I think so, considering he was kind of vague with the with the question. But let, let's say per account, how many people should be contacted with, with a method like this? So, I try to never reach out to more than like five people at an account. Again, this is going to very much depend on the size of company. If you're 50 people, if I message three people, that message is probably going to get around and everyone's going to see that it's similar. I have much bigger accounts. You could probably sell into multiple departments. So I think it's more okay. The, my general rule of thumb is maximum of five people per account where you go to a couple above the line, uh, a few below the line, and then maybe even like uh, an individual contributor that's like really feeling the pain and in the weeds to try to get some information from them so that you can go to their manager or their director with some insight that you wouldn't have known unless you talk to somebody that's on the front lines. I see. Now, you also had an amazing layout of the structure that the cadence should be. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and pull this up real quick. Uh, Sell better if you mind sharing this. It is going to be the cadence structure. Can you break this down for me? Yeah. So, uh, I've been doing a ton of work with sequences over the last eight years. Uh, a lot of my sequence design is very much inspired on the, the Goji sequence by, by Sam Nelson. I've AB tested tons and tons of sequences. That general structure with frequency tends to work best. So I made a, a few small adjustments here, but this is what my standard sequence looks like. So, uh, you can see here, I have at least 16 steps. Uh, and what really what you're seeing here is two email threads. So again, this is to a specific persona, two email threads. The first emails, which I consider anchored emails that are orange are going to be based off of my email framework, which we can also share after the call. They're going to focus on two separate use cases or two separate problems. 
Then you're going to have your bump up emails, uh, which are bumping up that initial uh, first anchor email. Then you're also going to have a third email in each thread, which is what I call a value added email. Now, a lot of people think value added email is like a case study, which in my opinion is very self-serving. No, I usually like to find some kind of industry articles or something interesting that doesn't come from my company, um, but is on the topic related to the problem I'm solving. Uh, and these are meant to be very like casual type of stuff. Like you don't need, you need, you don't need to go to salutation and like have three to four sentences, one quick sentence, like, Hey, just read this article uh, on X, Y, Z thought this was super interesting. All right. Now, one of the biggest things I see here that you have about 15 steps or 15 or more, which is great, but a big issue that I've seen come time and time again in sales is the blockade in a cadence. People yeah. just let one place stack. Actually, I want to hear from everyone in the chat. Let me know, throw it in there. Where do you usually get clogged in your cadence? Is it reaching out on LinkedIn? Is everyone just building up in there? I'm going to send out some messages, but you just forget. So they just build and build and build. The sequence doesn't get finished. Let me know. Is it LinkedIn? Is it phone calls? Is it emails? Throw it in the chat for me. I'm already seeing Steven saying that LinkedIn is a big bottleneck. Florent, what can people do to avoid these bottlenecks? And why is it so important to keep the cadence moving? Yeah. Uh, so there's a few answers. There is some like LinkedIn automation type of platforms, which I think can do a lot of that outreach for you. But that being said, I think this is also why you have to balance quality and quantity. Like I don't ever recommend sending more than like 30 first step emails a day, especially if you're doing a little bit of like adjustment to each one so that uh, you're staying on uh, on task and you don't have too many uh, steps bottling up. That being said, I I'm understand I'm in the trenches with all of you as well. I get bottlenecks as well, where like one day I just couldn't stick to my schedule. What I actually recommend is skip steps. If you have a bottleneck, it's better that you skip that step and move the sequence along and let the, the frequency of this like sequence steps do its job. The frequency of the sequence is actually very intentional and it's proven by data. It's why like outreach and, and sales loft, if you actually look at what they recommend for sequences, they're very similar because they've analyzed millions and millions of, of sequences and steps and they know that that frequency does best. So you're telling the story over time. If you have a blockade and then uh, the next step doesn't go out for another week, you've actually kind of lost the momentum and that prospect might not even remember like who you are or that you've already reached out to them before. So skip the step is is the best ad advice that I uh, I have there. And also it's so important to make sure that you're like finishing your tasks as much as you can in that day. Like that should be your main goal. It's something you can control. If you have 50 calls, if you have 30 emails, like 30 LinkedIn steps, do everything you can that day to finish it. Because if you don't and you say, oh, I'm just going to do like the additional 10 tomorrow. Uh, we And we've all said that to ourselves. <laughs> you're never going to catch up. Like it's just the reality of the situation. So true. Now, before we be, be, uh, continue, I want to make sure that we can get to some Q and A's here. Where can the people find you, Florent? Uh, the best place to find me is on LinkedIn. I post uh, quite frequently there. And I also have my newsletter where I really go deep into a lot of the topics and I have more space to um, expand on on my LinkedIn posts. So that's like salesflow. Um, dot substack.com fantastic and is that linked into your linkedin as well yeah 
it is, is and I'll, here I'll just put it in here as well, just in case anybody else. All right, it. everyone, be sure to check this out. It is a fantastic newsletter, and he's always dropping value on his LinkedIn with various posts. So be sure to give him a follow. Now let's do some quick Q and A's here while we have some minutes. Um, Hadi asks, can you please share even more examples of CTAs if demos and book a meeting are not advisable options? Yeah, I like. I really like uh, permission. Uh, slapping so like do you mind if i share you like uh, share with you a 60 second video of like how we can help with that or uh would you be like would you be down for like a free trial uh just make it something that sparks a conversation as opposed to trying to book a meeting especially for uh some people that are more like below the line as well and then for c-level executives as i mentioned i think getting a referral to the vp like is uh you know is adrian the right person to be speaking with or like who might have the capacity to like uh, dive deeper into this problem i usually like calling out somebody by name because it shows that you've done your research and like this is actually a one-to-one -one email to some degree so that that's what i would recommend all right and then one final question here an anonymous attendee asked above the line email example uh he saw that we added an image in there he's asking wouldn't an image uh trigger an email spam filter so I haven't had too many issues with one image. Uh, I'm very aware of spam filters. Also, a lot of the, these like images and emails were done uh, before 2023. Right now, I'm not using as many images in uh, photos. And I, I do understand that like uh, Google and Microsoft are becoming more and more strict with spam. But I would do an A-B test. Try it with images. See if it actually affects your open or reply rates. And if, if it doesn't, I think it could be a very powerful uh, method. Fantastic. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a great conversation. Shout out to everyone who has come here and engaged in the chat. We love to see it. Remember to segment your audiences and that way you have different cadences for each. You want to make sure that you're providing relevant information. And lastly, make sure you actually have a cadence that has multiple steps around 15 or more. So that way you have the biggest chance of getting your prospects attention. And thank you so much, Florin for providing all this value here today. It has been great and we will catch you on the next one. Peace. Thank you. Yeah, reach out on LinkedIn if you have any other questions. Thank you all. See ya.